Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome everyone to another Macklin's Take Lockdown Bonus episode and this week we thought that given we don't have any boxing at the moment and given that it's probably going to be quite a while before we have any really big fights it might be fun to turn the clock back to early December last year and Saudi Arabia. Me and Matt were out there of course for the rematch between Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz, and it was a huge week for British boxing because there was a lot riding on the fight. Joshua desperately needed to get the win, to get his career back on track, to get his world titles back on track. And as the flag bearer, really, for British boxing, there was a lot at stake. And there were plenty of people who thought that he wasn't going to be able to do it. So it was a tense week. It was a really tense build-up to the whole fight. And the added ingredient of course was that it was in Saudi Arabia which was a controversial move for many people but it was it was a week that we really enjoyed it was different it was definitely different but from a podcast point of view it was kind of gold because there just wasn't that much to do in Riyadh there really wasn't we had our work engagements and outside of that we were just killing time at the hotel so we could just go round to the foyer of the Fight Hotel, plonk ourselves down, and there were people queuing up to come on and talk to us for want of anything better to do. I don't think we've ever had as many guests as we did that week, uh, including Anthony Joshua's trainer, Rob McCracken, and we start with him. Oh, the shark baby has such teeth there And it shows them pearly white just a jackknife has old Maggie baby, and it keeps it uh, out of sight. You know, I think that one thing that's been quite interesting is that when, when when an unexpected thing happens, there's there's a bit of a temptation to to do two things really. It's to say that the the fighter has lost uh, isn't as good as everybody thought they that the isn't as good as everybody thought he was, but also to elevate the one that wins to a status that maybe they're not quite at either. And people have kind of 
made Andy Ruiz out now to be this this wrecking machine? My opinion is he was probably it's a bit in between. I think he's a. Uh, I think Josh had a bad night. I think the, all the talk of Wilder Fury is human. I don't care who you are, it takes your focus away subconsciously. You're still sparred. There's many people say you have to be professional. Of course, you're professional. It's not like you've been on the the piss for a week. Do you know what I mean? That when they say you took you took your off the ball, you've been in the gym, you've trained just as hard. But there's just that bit of an edge missing when and uh, you know. They pulled a stroke as well, announcing the, the Wilder Ortiz. Then on the Friday, we were announcing the Wilder Fury. It did take every. It took our attention away, and we we were told we we're working on the fight. We're not in the fight, and you know I think for, there, there was a bit of that. And I think Ruiz is a better fighter than what everyone was because aesthetically he doesn't look the part. Everyone looked past how good of a fighter he is. You know how good of an amateur he was. How good of a fighter he's always been. He'd only lost that one fight. Against Parker, so I think there was a little bit of both going on in, in in that fight. And as Rob said, you know, now all you can do is prepare to the best of your ability. And I think that Joshua is definitely the pre- prepared to the best of his ability. And that's just me from the outside looking in. But he looks in great shape. I like the fact that he's focused a lot more on the boxing as opposed to the strength and conditioning. He's put that on the back burner. I think that's a, a key thing that he's done well. I think his mental preparation, his focus, looks to be spot on. You know. Ruiz now, his confidence and belief is going to be more. He's world champion. I think this is a harder fight. If this Joshua had gone into the first fight, I'd have been all on Joshua. I think in one million percent. I think this is a more difficult fight now because of what happened in the last fight because of Ruiz's belief is up here. And Joshua will have mental doubts, self-doubt and a bit of demons going on, which I'm sure he's dealing with. But none of us know how that'll affect him when the bell goes or if Ruiz has a bit of success none of us can possibly answer that as you said before heavyweight boxing you, you, you've done your thing you've done the, the preparation uh, you, you both seem confident but no one really knows yeah I mean it's, it is heavyweight boxing they, you know Ruiz might not be might be shorter than AJ but he's got huge power and AJ's got huge power they both hurt each other in the first fight and, and it can it will probably happen again but all I can talk for is Anthony, and he's 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 done everything he can. He's he's really committed himself. He's really dedicated himself, and he badly wants to win them titles back. He's been sparring well. He's in good physical shape. He's a bit quicker than you. You, I've seen him for a while, um, and his mood's been great. It's like the the old Josh from the Olympic days. He's been laughing and joking because he feels confident. So it's a fascinating fight going in for the for, for, for the viewers and 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 the, and, and the supporters of boxing, it's you know, it's everyone will be on the edge of their seat. You got to keep your hands up. It's every you know, it's big, big blows going in, and anything can happen at any time. But um, I'm really happy with where Anthony's at. I'm happy. I wasn't as happy as where he was at this time before the New York fight bomb. I'm much more content and happy that he's done everything he can in the camp. So what will be will be. But he's got a great shot at it. Okay, well, we can't keep you much longer. Your phone's gone a couple of times and we need to run away to a Sky meeting. But I've got one more question for you. Just hearing you talk about all of this and how much you enjoy the GB setup and how you kind of prefer that to professional boxing, obviously it's been an amazing journey with, with, with AJ. But given what you know now, if you knew at the start what you know now as to what it would be like, would you have done it or would you do it again with someone else? I think I think no. I, I mean, look if you meet if you spend ten minutes with with Big Josh, you're going to really like him. He's a genuinely nice person. He really is, and um, 
I don't know anybody who knows him who doesn't really, really like him. He has people coming from far and wide just to spend 10 minutes with him and see him. Special human being. He's been special for the sport, certainly in Britain. Um, he's achieved unbelievable things. This is his ninth world heavyweight title fight, which is phenomenal at the, at the, the level he's at. So for me, I like to think he's a, a special human being. I'm fortunate to have been you know, allowed to work with him. Sean Murphy did a fabulous job with him at Finchley. Um, Sean doesn't really get too much of a mention. And then obviously the GB coaches did a great job with him at international level and myself. And hopefully I've been able to to teach him a few things that can equip him well for the fights that he's won and hopefully equip him well for Saturday night so he's just smart enough to get the win and and stay out of harm's way. Uh, You know, 24 hours later that... Uh, Johnny calls me and goes, where are you? I can't see you. He must have, you know, he presumed I was there. I said, no, I said, they're not letting me on. Anyway, we're here now. That's all that matters. We are here now. And, and the voice you will have recognised in the background there is Dave Coldwell. He's joined us and so is Tom Little. Uh, it's great to have you both with us. Dave, you've got Hopi Price on the bill. Tom, you're fighting on the bill. Uh, and you put your training back today for us just to do this, which is great because I know that well, you two have been here longer than we have. You've been here for a few days now, so you're better yeah. equipped to fill us in on what this experience has been like so far. And I think, Tom, it's been a case of of desperately trying to kill time in a way. Yeah, well, I've done a lot of counting bricks and um, pavement slabs outside. It's uh, It's been fun but antagonising at times. But all I've heard is that there's people having problems with flights. So I got stranded in Istanbul. Dean White had to struggle someone trying to open the emergency door. And he, well, you were just late. <laughs> <laughs> I was just late. I just got it wrong. No, I weren't even late. I was actually early for the time that I thought I was meant just, to just be. Just let it go. Just yeah, let I'm it go. Just, just got the time wrong, though. That's all. <laughs> so, Dave, how have you found it over here so far? Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll share Tom's sentiments on that one. It's, it, listen, it's the hotel that we're in, it's beautiful. Um, there's not a lot to do uh, the food's great if you can eat what you want but if you're on a diet or if you're eating healthy then you're kind of like it's nice but expensive um, but yeah there's not a lot to do there's there's nothing around it's 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 a little bit strange we're in a little bubble here in the hotel um, today's the longest day because there's nothing boxing wise to do it's like we, we, get, we, we arrived Tuesday morning 7am had three hours sleep up at 11 and then we had the uh, public workout in the afternoon so we was back down here ready to go for three o'clock and that took all us night up then yesterday we had the uh, the press conference so that took all us night up today there's nothing no boxing wise so when when you got in touch with me andy and said you fancy doing this podcast i was like dancing a jig in my hotel room oh mate i had people throwing themselves at me yesterday <laughs> when i suggested that we were gonna that we were gonna do this um and Tom, from your point of view, obviously you've got a fight to, to think about. Magomadrazal, Major Dov, you, you saw him in the flesh yesterday. Very good fighter. I've watched him in the amateurs a lot. Uh, three-time world amateur champion, Olympian. But this is the kind of thing you like, isn't it? Because you, your boxer likes of Daniel Dubois, Philip Hergovic, and you're not, one to, you're not one to turn down a fight, that's for sure. No, listen, I'm, I'm not about turning down fights, but do you know what? This fight genuinely did make make sense to me stylistically wise like I'm, I'm not just over here oh yeah being the hero coming to pick up a paycheck oh, I've I've looked at certain aspects of Majidoff and his amateur career and what, what he likes to do stylistically and it do suit, suit me especially from like obviously you've got to be very fit to stand in front of someone like him because he, his pressure's kind of relentless um, but 
I, the way I look at him, he, he's, he's basic but effective. So I just need to nullify his attributes, which I think my style do quite quite well. So it was really a no-brainer, really. I, I thought to myself, I've got, I'm, I need a big win. I'm not in the place where oh, I can just take these because I want to take them. I've, I'm coming off of a, cu- a couple of losses. I need a big win to put me in, in good stead for the new year, for, for some good... I'm not looking above my station. I literally want some good domestic fights, like... Um, like British titles, Commonwealth titles, even English title, what, whatever, whatever comes my way, really. But I'm not over here thinking I'm I'm going to go and beat him and go and conquer the world. Like I'm, I'm not looking past where I've got my plan for 2020. Well, the arena is 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 pretty unbelievable. We went over there yesterday for some for some fighter meetings with with Andy Ruiz and and AJ, and the the canopy is it's like nothing I've ever seen. It's absolutely enormous and. Just off to the side where we did the meetings are these specially constructed VIP houses, almost. It's like walking into a kind of furniture showroom, and apparently all of this is disappearing within a week or so. It's what I imagine Formula One is like, when they just take that circus all around the world, construct everything, and then take it down again. It's, it's, it's something else. I mean, the, the air con in there as well was just, you know, it was like standing in front of a, a jet engine. It was, we had to try and turn it off at one point because the fighters were getting too cold but it's it's a kind of um i mean you've all three of you actually but but you've both come through all levels of boxing really you dave in particular as a fighter and then as a promoter and and to be in these kinds of surroundings nothing ever really surprises you in this sport but but as you said before you, you look around at where you are here and this is I mean, this is pretty new for all of us, really. Yeah, it is. I mean, like you say, we've, we've been everywhere, and but this is kind of like unique. I mean, yesterday, I mean, you missed it, Matt. Um, but at the press conference, <laughs> at, at the press conference, when we turned up at the press conference venue, it was, um, it was just, it was a like a you had a red carpet leading up some some stairs into kind of like a big box, and it was a building that was just there. They the had to use it. Um, for the press conference it was little it was a little room but we had to use it downstairs was all food areas and there was about 300 people in this room that apparently has got a capacity for about 80, 90 um, it was just mad there's all these little buildings that have popped up like you're saying just for this event it's very surreal um, it just shows that money, the money that's here in this, in this place what, you know. what I love about boxing uh, as an amateur pro now working in boxing is you get to go to places that you'd never go yeah, to yeah. on a holiday, you know, and you know, this is a big experience. You know, it's um, you know, I love the fights in Vegas. Madison Square Garden was unbelievable. Love New York yeah. City, but in a way, I like that it's it's here. It's something yeah, different. It's, it something is. New, it's an experience, and uh, I come over really not really knowing what to expect. Mm. Um, like I said, I'm only <laughs> I came in late, so I haven't seen much of it yet, but. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's again, yeah. It's like a, it's like a box tick, yeah. isn't it? Really, uh, it's it's definitely an experience. I'm I'm interested to see what or feel what the atmosphere of fight night is going to be like because at the public workout, it was mad because you you started getting people drifting in, watch, watching all the undercard kids and and everybody doing the little workouts, and it was a good crowd. But then when AJ got in and Rui got in, there was like a. a a charge of electricity in the place yeah. and I don't mean on a noise level it, it, it was weird it wasn't like it didn't go all rowdy and noisy but you could just feel the, the electricity and in, in, in amongst everybody that was watching 
it's going to be interesting what the atmosphere is going to be like on fight night because, like, like you say, you've, you've got this fantastic stadium that's being built, fantastic arena, the canopy. It's going to look, it's going to look a million dollars. But what's the atmosphere going to be like when they come, when when the fighters come out, and how is that going to affect them? Because one of one of the things that I've been thinking about, as far as Joshua's concerned, is that every fight he's had has been in front of thousands, and it's been a big, you know, it's, it, even when it's coming through, a big build up. When since he's been world champion, he's boxed in front of 80,000, 90,000 packed out arenas, packed out stadiums, noise, proper loud noise. You know, Matt, you know yourself, Tom. When you stood behind that curtain and you're about to do your ring walk, you can hear the vibe of the, of the crowd, you can, you can feel that charge of electricity, you can feel that atmosphere. How is that going to affect you when you're used to that? Then all of a sudden, if it's all quiet and it's all you know like it is in Japan and places like that if it's very quiet how's that going to affect Anthony Joshua how's it going to affect Ruiz but mainly Joshua because he's used to the to the noise and, and, and the crowd and then when he's walking out what's the atmosphere like and then the fight itself now when when you've boxed on small shows like dinner shows I don't know if you ever made it back in amateurs but but when you're in a normal event you hear a crowd you hear everything but then when you're in a in a, in a, in a a venue where there's no atmosphere as such, you can almost hear everything. You can hear the breathing. You can hear. Can even hear the, Can even hear the commentators. Yes, what they're saying yeah, about that, you. Know, how eerie is that? Very that's, eerie. That's really eerie. When 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 you when you're on a on a show where it's undercard and it's quiet, there's nobody in, and we can hear the commentators speaking. It's quite unsettling. It's quite unnerving. Yeah, and, and no. You you have to hold your concentration really really high, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm used to that though because I'm, I'm usually on real early, so it's oh, <laughs> usually right quiet when I'm coming out. But no, it's like in Britain, it, and like even when I boxed in Latvia, the, the atmosphere out there, like it was, you could when you was getting ready to do your ring walk, yeah. you could hear the ground shaking with yeah. people, and I just can't can't see it yeah. being like that over no. here. I just can't can't see like people stomping their feet and ch- no, chanting yeah. boxing chants. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be strange. Isn't it, it is going to be strange, and, and, and you know, this fight, way above and beyond any other fight Anthony Joshua has had, psychologically, uh, yeah. is, is more important than any fight he's had it been. So that is a factor. That is a variable that's going to be yeah. different to all yeah. his previous fights. And, and it's how does he handle that? And it, it, might, it might be a positive thing for him. You know, that that uh, atmosphere yeah. not being so hectic yeah. might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing, and none of us really know the answer to that. We're just, we're just guessing. You know, you know. A lot of times, it's like I'll say, t- when when we're fighters, you're sparring, and in sparring, mm. you're doing everything, you're nailing everything. It's great. And then what you want to try and do is, when you're getting on fight, is try and just think of it as a sparring session. So it might actually help because it'll be the atmosphere will be kind of like like that, maybe, maybe. Hey everybody, sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in hell, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes, it's called the Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to the Desiring Capital Podcast, coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go! Well, 
interestingly, at the fighter meeting yesterday, he was on good form, Anthony. And sometimes when you listen to him in press conferences, I wouldn't say he doesn't make sense, but he can sometimes revert to kind of sound bites and, 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 yeah. and a bit of amateur philosophy and psychology. Whereas sat in front of us yesterday, there was us from Sky and Zone were there too. And Rob was next to him and Eddie on the other side. And he just spoke freely and openly about the training they've been doing. And, and I'll ask you about that in a sec, Tom, because I know that you've been up there for a week sparring him. And they're talking about his weight and how they expect him to be kind of between 16 and a half and low 17s because he's done more sparring this time and that's the weight that the sparring has taken him to rather than try and target a weight he's just yeah. ended up at the right weight and he looked happy he looked he looked comfortable he was talking about taking the center of the ring because he knows he can't fight Ruiz off the back foot that he's got to meet him that he's got to be positive and he seemed in a really he seemed in a really good place i mean it was quite a they can be really useful those meetings sometimes sometimes you learn absolutely nothing to be honest you've been in enough of them but other times you, you, you get a sense of where they are in their headspace and we definitely got that yesterday they can be really insightful um, when Charlie Edwards won the, the world title I remember when he left the fighters meetings I remember where I said it I said I think he's going to win tonight listening to him speak there where he's at how he's described the journey he's been yeah. on the last two years I, you know result aside I think he's really really going to perform yeah. You know, and, and he did, and he won. But things you mentioned there about the Joshua fight, I mean, I think, first of all, I, I'm happy that he looks lighter, yeah, that he's coming a lot lighter. I think that's a good thing. I think that he's, he's um, done a lot more boxing training as opposed to maybe doing a bit too much strength and conditioning over yeah. the years. I think it's good that he's got back to the fundamentals of boxing. I, I'm happy that he's coming lighter. And also... Um, you said about taking the centre of the ring. I think that's key. I think he's got to start fast here. You know, those little demons, the longer you let them go on in a fight, the more they can grow. I think the first ball goes, get out there, take that centre of the ring and be the boss. I think yeah. that's essential that he does that. So, Tom, you were up in, in Sheffield for, for a week, you told me, yesterday, working with him and you've, you've worked with a lot of top heavyweights. What did you see in him when you were there? Punches coming towards me fast. <laughs> no, um, Joe. You know what he, he was, he was literally very relaxed in training, very like, and just working on more of a technical so side of things. Do you know what I mean? I think quite a bit of the schooling that that he's missed because he's done, when you think of it, he's done a lot as a professional in a very short amount yeah. of time. So, and it's just it's going to be silly things that you learn as a young kid that could win him this fight like like Matt said taking the centre but he can take so much of the wind out of Ruiz with silly things Just make, he ain't got to be throwing punches to take the centre no. just that bit of moving twitches yeah. just to make Ruiz second guess about taking that extra step towards him and I've seen he was working on a, a lot of things and and he was he was getting good at them very quickly yeah you know it's it's scary when you see someone go from one thing to to another, yeah. and it's just like a, a fish to water. Really, I, I I do genuinely look to see him stop stop Ruiz mid to late rounds. I, I reckon it'll take a while for him to to take the the gas out of him, but his engine was very good. Josh, his engine was very good while I was up there. Look, I think it, 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 
lo- losing some of that muscle, I think, has been a good thing. More muscle requires more oxygen. Yep. Fact, <clears throat> you know, and speed. He, you know, we know, he hits hard. He's got good speed. He's, got, he's explosive. He, he hits hard. He doesn't need to be that big. No, I think he's. A, I think that's a really, really smart move that he's gone back to more boxing training, less strength and conditioning, lost a bit of that muscle, and uh, and gone for speed and agility. And I think from a tactic point of view. If he comes out and, he, and, he, and he's got to be really bullish, be aggressive, get, take that centre of the ring. Uh, you know, I'm the be hungry. You're the challenge. Take that title back. And I think that that his mindset is key. But that's that's how I when I when I saw him climbing to the ring. I know it's with his workout. All he did is shadow box. He did, he did but it was his movement of his. It's how his his muscles seems um, supple and more springy rather than being stiff and, and loaded when he's moving about. Everything seems so relaxed. His conditioning, his muscles look like the condition to fight. So, like you're saying about his, his condition during fight night, normally, whereas he would he would gas, I don't think he's going to gas, or he's not going to gas as, as much as what he used to, because he's he's more fight conditioned, and and his his muscles just seem so much relaxed and snappy. They look in great condition to fight, and that's ultimately what it's about. It's not about how your body looks, the size of you, the bulk on you. It's about are you conditioned to fight, and he looks like he is, and. You know, working with Angel Fernandez, bringing him on board, little adaptations that have done, is, it's like Tom said, he's been so successful in such a short period of time in his career, people forget that he's actually learning on the job. And, he, and every scenario that comes on, he's having to adapt to it in fight and, and learning as, as it's going along. The loss that he had is part of his education. The things, you know, the mistakes that he made, he, he, he hurt Andy Ruiz and then jumped straight in and walked into the traps, thinking, not thinking about what coming back. He'll have learned from that. He understands, you now. he's a smart kid and he's not, he's, he's not a fighter that doesn't think about things, doesn't analyse things. So as well as his team, he himself will know the mistakes that he made. And I look to him to, to, to correct that, to be smarter as a fighter. And, and as you say, if you're seeing things like that in sparring, then... It's, he's bringing it on board. He's not just yeah. being taught it. He's not just being told it. He's actually bringing it on board and taking it into the ring, which is which which is all good for for Saturday night. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm with you, Matt. I just think his old demeanour. He's talking like a fighter. He looks like a fighter. You know when you talk to him, you're looking into his eyes. He actually look. At, some people won't, won't understand what I'm saying, but you can. He looks like a fighter rather rather than he's trying to be. Um, talking about sweet science. Talking about he, a lot of time he talks as always protecting a brand. For the build-up for this, for me, he's been talking like a fighter. A fighter gets edgy coming up towards a fight. Might say a few things that, that so a few people go, oh, shouldn't really be saying that. I like that, you know? And I, and I think it's more real. And I think when you're trying to suppress what what is you naturally, that can affect you in a fight. Yeah. You know when you see people trying to put on a bit of, a bit of an act? Yeah. If they're a slick boxer that are trying to talk like they're fighting, try, trying to talk aggressively... It takes or the away other way around. Oh, the other way around, yeah. It mm. takes it away from you, and and I think he's been more close to himself for this. I think he's like you say. I think he's in a really good place mentally, and and I think with the things that they've been doing in training and how his body looks and how it looks like he's prepared to fight, I think he's gonna he's gonna be throwing in the angles. I'm not talking about running. He can't afford to run, but not just backing up in a straight line Taking, I think he's learned how to step to the side I think he's learned how to, how to nullify he has to be able to manage the moments when Ruiz does get on top of him he has to almost make, you know in Lennox Lewis when, when somebody used to get on the inside of Lennox he learned how to just nullify just maybe grab hold use the left hand as a guide to, to put him in so the head's under the arm and just stick in a little cheeky uppercut or a little cheeky little hook to the body one, one or two not try and 
fight. On exchange. Yeah, not try. He can't fight on the inside no. and, and exchange with him because he'll get beat to a punch. But you can sneak a little sneaky shot that take. As the rounds go on, they take and drain away what yeah. Ruiz wants to do. But I'm with you. He's, he's got to have an authoritative jab. He can't go out there and just flick, 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 flick. He's got to have an authoritative jab. But I think feints are key because looking at the workout, Andy Ruiz, is de- you can see he's worked on his defence for when he's throwing his own punches. Every time he threw a shot, his hand was in position to block what's coming back yeah. his way. So Joshua can't just, just throw because Ruiz will block. He's got a feint. He's got, and he's also got to be patient and disciplined that if for the first round, first two rounds, he's hitting a lot of gloves... What that style? I mean, you you was good at you was you was good at making making fighters work when they don't want to work. When you're walking them down, you're blocking. And you, it can't fall into that trap where he starts throwing punches, but almost like panicking, thinking these are in gloves. So they start loading up a little bit more, or they start trying to throw more volume. That's where he's got to be. Use his feet and use his feints just to take it away from Ruiz. I think I think he's learned that, and I think he's going to do that. So what about Ruiz then? Because when I spoke to Manny Robles in London at the press conference, which would have been 12, 14 weeks ago, he said to me, I asked him about weight. I said, what kind of weight would you want to bring him in at? And he said 250 to 255, which is 17 stone 12 to 18 stone 3. So that's where he wanted him to be. And Andy said to us yesterday, he's going to be at least as heavy as he was last time, which is 19 stone 2, if not a bit a bit heavier. I mean, Tom, does it does it matter? Because he showed the first time around what he's capable of doing, and he's comfortable in his body, and he's and he's fit to fight. But for me, if your trainer has said that he wants you to be 18, and then you come in a stone or so heavier, Manny said to us yesterday. Because I asked him the question, he said, "Ah, oh, well, you know, I, if I said that, I said that. But you know, Andy fights at what Andy's comfortable fighting at. But what are your thoughts? Um, do you know what I? <laughs> I believe muscles and physiques don't win fights, but I also know that you you need to, you need a good engine, and the be- he got the benefit of the doubt. He got he jumped in with a man that wasn't ready for him, what hadn't prepared for him. So really, I do think his weight's out. I, I reckon he might have come in heavy because he they heard that Joshua might be coming in light, and he might want to might just want to put some extra pressure on him, bully him about. But I just, I, I always think he's just going to be that sort of physique. Listen, there's no, there's no getting away from the fact the man can fight. Whether whether he comes in thirty stone, same as like the likes of Tyson Fury, whether they're fat or thin, they're always going to be able to fight. But I just reckon, I don't know. They they say he fights better when he's at his at his lumpiest, but I don't, I don't really know I mean, myself about that. Aesthetically, it, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Aesthetics, how you look, means nothing to... But, but everyone, is, I still feel everyone's got an optimum fighting weight. Yes. You know, so if you and if you're too heavy in that, you're going to feel slow and sluggish. You're not going to be as sharp and maybe, you know, if you're too light, you'll, you, won't, you won't be as strong and as, and as, as sturdy. But, you know, it, I don't, and I don't know what his optimum fighting weight is, but he... I mean, I'd imagine he'll know what it is, and and his, and his trainer will. Do you know? Mm-hmm. 
Hey everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. Again, going back to the workout, he, he still looks big. But do you know what? It kind of looked tighter. Do you, do you know what I mean? It, it didn't look... Oh, it sounds bad. It didn't look as, as like, like jelly fat as such. Yeah. It, it, it still looks big and he's still got... You can see on, on it and his, the fat on his back and things like that. But it kind of looks tighter. A bit it harder. Looked, it looked, yeah, it looked more conditioned. It does look more conditioned. And with the movements that it was doing and everything... His more upper upper body was more springier, so he's better. He's in better condition, regardless of what his weight is. He's in better condition. I'm with you. I, d- I don't think weight-wise, with somebody like that, I don't think it's going to make such a big difference. Um, when you're talking about what Manny Robles has said, he, as long as he's been doing the boxing work and and his punching effectiveness and and he's, and he's sharp and he's and he's fit punching-wise. You know, you I mean, know he's guys fluctuated that quite a bit yeah, in his you know career, that, hasn't so he? So you know that, guys, that's what I'm just about to touch on. So, remember, we got weighed in at, the, at your call for, for Chisora. I think it was against Spilker, I think it was. I was going to bring this exact right. thing up because so, you told me a couple of days before what you wanted him to yes. come in at. Then you left him yeah. alone for two days yeah. and he was six pounds so, heavier so, than you so, wanted him. So this is what I'm saying about, about, heavy, about heavyweights, right? So Derek left me on the Tuesday, the last session, at Bang on 18 Stone. I turned up at weigh-in on Friday. He gets on the scales. He was about 18 stone 7 or something like that, 18.6. And I looked and I was like, what? That was, that was, so that was Tuesday. So I left him Tuesday. So that was Wednesday, Thursday. Friday's the weigh-in. And he's putting half a stone. But for heavyweights... He might have had a carbohydrate yeah. meal and had a couple of pints yeah. of water that, has, that he hasn't and that's peed what out. Is. Exactly. He's, he's actually weighing so, so when you're talking about... For the size of them, man, it's different. If if someone like me puts on half stone, you see it on me straight away. That's it. But somebody that's like your size or, or, or Derek or, or Ruiz's size <coughs> doesn't really make any that much difference. It can be like you said, what they've just had. They might have been hungry and just oh, I'm going to eat that, or they might have had a few drinks and that's it. I don't. I don't think when you're talking half stone, I don't think it's that much of a difference to be honest. I mean, do you have a target weight in mind, Tom, or do you just train and you and you end up what you end up at? Do you know what? I've always had a target. I know where I'm at my best. Um, me in in the 18 stones, like in the late 18 stones, I'm not very good because I, I rely on my mobility. I'd, I might not show it a lot of times. I might go headbutting people's hands, but um, <laughs> no. But that's just where I'm being lazy. I'd rather have a fight than than stick to what I'm actually more more effective at. Um, I've always been at, at my best. Mid seventeens, mid seventeen, seventeen nine, nine seven, seventeen five, is is my my sort of weight. Because if you don't want to be too light, because you get bullied by these big men, and if I was if I was Anthony myself, I wouldn't want to be too light. I want to be light enough to be agile. But once once that little man got past my wrist, I'd want to have a bit of weight on me to lean on him and and say, right, listen, Tubby, carry this belt, carry me back. Do you know what I mean? Because that, that sort of things, that at times in this fight, I do genuinely believe he's going to have to do ugly, boring stuff yeah. in the earlier part of the fight because you can't, as big men, 
you can't fight far, a far fight for 12 solid rounds. That ain't that ain't how, how we got got to go about business. You've got you got to be smart when you are firing, when you are unloading, and you got to know when to tie and when to when to drag it out of your of your other man. So yeah, I, I reckon I reckon round 17 stones are a, a good weight for any heavyweight. I think. So we talked about the physical. The mental is going to play a huge part in this fight. When we were talking to Ruiz That's and Robles... That's the biggest part. I think it's massive, yeah. When we were talking to Ruiz and Robles yesterday, their emphasis was the first round of this fight has to be the eighth round. We pick up after the previous seven we've had yep. and carry on from there. And they were very relaxed, as you would expect them to be, because I heard Teddy Atlas describe it in an interesting way. He said that the problem with Joshua not having had a fight in between the first fight and the rematch and we all know it was never going to happen for, for all sorts of reasons it just wasn't realistic is that the only data he has on Ruiz is yeah. what happened to him and the only data Ruiz has on Joshua is what he did to him yeah. and he's obviously very confident that he can do it again he's, he's spent some of the money he's got some nice bling that he's quite proud of he's bought a Rolls Royce I was chatting to his dad yesterday by the way his dad said to me that he picked a round 7 stoppage for Andy in the first fight bet on it all the friends and family bet on it and they all made a pile of money on it so you know that's absolutely extraordinary if he managed to do that but they they've been enjoying the rewards that that first victory has brought them and there's always a little bit of a danger that the hunger is slightly going to go but I don't see I don't think so not no not not with their makeup not with their personalities you've got to understand with what we said going into the fight was he had an opportunity to become the first Mexican heavyweight champion in the world. Now, the pride and and the feeling that Mexican fighters have for their country and for what they're representing is immeasurable. It's massive. Now, same thing can go. He's got a blueprint, and Manny Robles is a, a, a smart guy, a very good coach, and a good man. And they've seen, and they'll they'll have no doubt said and explained. Do you remember Buster Douglas? Buster Douglas pulled off a massive upset, become become heavyweight champion of the world, and then just let it all go to his head. Turn up for the rematch, massively out of shape. Uh, sorry, turned up for the for his first defense, massively out of shape, and got wiped out. And that was it. The hunger went completely. I'm not going to see that with Andy Ruiz. I'm not having that. You can see that. You can see that in his old demeanor. Number one, we're guessing about his size. He, don't, he doesn't look. He doesn't particularly look any bigger. You know, he's not gone too far out of shape. You can see he's put the work in. He's turned up at work. It looks in great shape. But it's that mentality and, and, and the people that are around him. The, the, they're not hangers on. The, 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 the real people, the real fighting people. You know, Mexican fighting people. He knows that if he was, if he, if he was to go and get wiped out in a rematch he's got to live with that for the rest of his life he's you know and, and he's a mexican fighter that's they're proud he won't let, let that happen i i don't believe that for one minute also i actually think he's a little bit when when we was talking when when adam smith was interviewing uh, ruiz and I stood up close to him and stood next to him i'm just looking at how he's, how he's reacting to the questions i actually think that he's a little bit um a little bit irked and a little bit peed off that there's so many people that actually still think that he's going to get beaten in this rematch because he, you must think you're this underdog coming through you've absolutely smashed the champion to bits let's not make no bones about it you smashed him to bits right then you're going into an immediate rematch but yet there's a lot of people out there that are still saying you're going to get knocked out in, in, in the rematch 
he's that kind of man that's going to be looking at that and thinking, do you know what? Let's be off that. There's, there's definitely an element of that because one thing he said to us yesterday too, and, and he wanted to make a point about this, was that they were happy to be here, but yeah. this wasn't really what they wanted. Yeah. But there was the rematch clause, uh, but they're aware that this is still a matchroom show and he is still, to all intents and purposes, the away fighter. Yeah. And he just wanted to kind of make that, make that point. So how did you find it last night? Listen, we get emotionally involved, don't we? When you, when you know the person, you know them on a personal level. You know, I sort of knew Joshua really before he even started boxing. So obviously knew him on a personal level. So, And it was one of those situations, if I'm honest, Andy, that we didn't know if he was going to win. In fact, when I first got here and we saw the open workout on the Monday, I thought, he's not going to be able to do this. You've got to remember the psychological battle he had to overcome as well. Look, you look back to the last fight in June and it was not the fact that he just got knocked out he systematically got broke down round by round and for, to overcome that with all the added pressure on his shoulders Anthony Joshua is different to any other fighter as in another loss for him would have been really damaging because of you know because of his status because he's really a brand he's, 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 the, he's the, the flagship of, of, of boxing not just British boxing so he had so much pressure on his shoulders and it was whether he could deliver at that level and whether he could stay out of trouble for 12 rounds. Um, because Rui's junior, we know, has got slow feet, but he's got incredible hands. And it was... I, I was unsure that he could stay out of trouble for 12 rounds, but he proved, us, he proved that he could box at that level and he could stay disciplined. And what was noticeable from the first round was how relaxed he was. You know, and I think what he's done there is, is he's cement, cemented his place in, in, in history. As you know, whatever he goes on to do now in boxing, he's a two-time world champ. But he's sort of he's gone into that elite club of fighters that have won the immediate rematch. Um, Ali, Lennox Lewis, uh, Floyd Patterson, and now AJ, and that takes some doing. If you look at you listen to those names of people in immediate rematches, and AJ's joined that club. You know, everything else now is a bonus for me. He's he's already carved out his legacy, and um, yeah. He's going to go down. He's going to be remembered as one of one of the heavyweight greats. Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five-star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. Each week, I can guarantee you the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the one stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan. New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts. One Star Recruits. Okay, so Carl and Tony, well, one thing that struck me in the build up to this fight was I spoke to a lot of ex pros pretty much from immediately after the last fight all the way through the build-up to this one and almost everyone said to me the same thing which was that ideally he wouldn't go straight into a rematch and that were he to go straight into a rematch inevitably you would have to make Ruiz the favorite that was just what logic dictated so it was the pressure as well as the, the need to, to make adjustments. You always need to make adjustments if you lose, obviously, but the pressure he was under was just absolutely immense. I mean, unimaginable, really, for, for almost anybody. I mean, you boxed in a, in, a, in a big, big stadium fight, but with AJ, as, as Spencer said, he, he does kind of carry British boxing 
on his on his shoulders. Yeah, it certainly does, and you're right. It was a massive pressure fight, um, and that's that's the mark of a man how he copes with the pressure and how he comes back from it. And we we didn't know, did we? I mean, the first fight with Ruiz was was a bit of a bad defeat. It was quite devastating the way in which he got beat because he got he got knocked down after after putting Ruiz down, and then he he got caught with way too many shots, and then he was kind of forced to retire on his feet. Um, so it was a it was a bad loss, and then we we did worry how he would cope with that mentally and how he would come back from back from that. But we we saw it. We we felt we've got our answers. There was there was unanswered um, questions, and we got the answers last night. I thought that I thought that AJ just simply boxed to a to a really um, really tidy game plan. Rob McCracken um, implemented a similar game plan with me against um, Arthur Abraham after my first loss to Mikel Kessler, and that's the mark of a man. You lose a fight, it's how you come back from it, and how you look. So. Anthony Joshua has just simply shown me that he is the real deal. He still does love the sport. He's in love with boxing. And he's got the physical and mental capabilities now of, of, of reigning for a long time. Sometimes it takes a loss to realise how good you can be. You know, we, we get knocked down and we hit our rock bottom before we can build back up and use that, use that as a foundation to build ourselves up to be even bigger. And that's what this has done. Um, it's, just, it's just showed me that um, what I kind of already knew about AJ... The loss shocked me. I wasn't sure about whether the rematch was going to be so straightforward and simple. But he's gone in there, he's done it, and now we all know. We're all pleased to know that AJ is the real deal and he can do the job. Um, Ruiz, I've still got to say it. I said it last night and I didn't want to take anything off for Anthony Joshua. Ruiz, for me, was disappointing. And I stand by that because he came in heavy and listened to him after the fight. Oh, I was partying too much. I should have took it more seriously. No, that's not good enough. You've got a massive weight of responsibility on your shoulders. You've got, you've got all them belts. You've got multiple world titles. You've got to defend them. You've got to defend them with pride. You've got to prepare meticulously and defend them titles. You know what I mean? And, and to say that after is not good enough. But that's taking nothing away from AJ because AJ would have probably beat a 100% on point, Ruiz, with that kind of performance. AJ shut him out, beat him up, did what he had to do to get the win. Didn't try and please anybody, and um, props to AJ for that. We're all massively pleased for him, and um, we look forward to the next step in his journey. Yeah, I totally echo everything you said there. I mean, he, he um, it was a great performance to, 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 to box, to stick to the tactics for 12 rounds, to, to, to stay disciplined, even when he landed hard shots on Ruiz, not to get excited and go in to try and follow up because you know he's got that killer instinct where he wants to dig in and get the he's a good finisher Joshua you have to think and concentrate he had to restrain himself he had to box with a lot of self-control a lot of discipline to stick to the tactics and just and, and, and like you said credit to Robert McCracken who talked him through the fight round by round you know kept him disciplined kept him That's sticking right. to the game plan part of me wanted AJ to put five and six shots together and you know stick it on Ruiz a bit to say listen you you done me in that first fight but that's probably just me. You that's can the have, heart overruling the head again, it isn't is. it? Have Sometimes some you've got to be more disciplined. There was times, though, when he could have put it on him, hit him with three or four, just to say, yeah, hey, I'll get some of that down your throat. But the discipline was brilliant, and he stuck to the game yeah. plan, and he got the job done without and, taking risks. And it's difficult sometimes to stick to the game plan. You know, your heart does overrule your head. You do want to go in there and go flat, kick the finish. But I, I thought he did really well. I thought Rob McCracken was brilliant in the corner, keeping him, talking through the fight, Rambo round, sticking to the tactics, not, you know, veering off the, the plan. Sometimes um, in rematches we expect fireworks, don't we? We expect an amazing night. Like, like the first one was like, so emotional, but it was, it was, it was a real fan's favourite fight because it was mad to watch and there was plenty of punches exchanged. But some of the top fights over the years, when you, when you, I mean, everyone that built up the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, and it was a bit of a snooze fest, wasn't it? It was a shutout performance for Mayweather. 
And this is pretty much what we got from AJ last night. And that's boxing. That's just how it is. We know that. But fans, I'm getting messages saying, oh, a bit boring, a bit this, a bit that. I'm like, listen, no, that's boxing at its best. Appreciate it while it's there. Yeah, he did, he did what he had to do. I mean, since the, the rematch got announced, I, I, I'll be honest, I, and I said it to Ollie, I said, I, I fancy Ruiz. Just not, not because I think he's better, but just because history says immediate rematches in losses under those circumstances Styles, go the same way. But I remember... I spoke to Robert McCracken. We did a podcast with Robert in the morning of the weigh-in. And he told me what they'd done in preparation, how they'd you know, knocked a lot of the strength and conditioning on the head and they focused completely on boxing, a lot more sparring, more pad work, more shadow boxing, just boxing, boxing, boxing. And they were you know, really keeping it long, controlling the range, working the jab, keeping it long. And uh, you know, when, he came, when Ruiz came in then 20, 20 stone, I thought, nah, I, think I, I fancy Joshua. I've changed my mind, I fancy Joshua. But, uh, I mean, it was a great performance, weren't it, Tony? I thought it was very, very good. And, and I think the biggest thing in this is the way it will reignite the fire with AJ. I said, I think, you know, he knows. <clears throat> he can now fully appreciate where he is and how he's got there by what's happened. So, you know, since 10 professional winning gold in the 2012 Olympics, everything's come so quick. And all he's done is just keep flattening people time after time after time, knocking them out, lifting belt after belt big event after big event when you've been knocked down and, and you've lost them belts you know in a big big shock he's had to reevaluate everything and he's had to take himself to a place where he's gone do you know what I've got to I've got to assess everything I'm doing it I've got to I've got to basically check myself and go right back to basics and that's what he's done and, and by doing that it's made them such a stronger fighter mentally such a better fighter technically in my opinion and it's just given a whole new dimension to his whole game, I think. You know, I thought the way he went about the approach in, in this rematch was massive. And the one thing I said before the fight was, I think the biggest difference we'll see in AJ is when he buzzes and hears Ruiz, you watch, he'll be patient. And that will be the true test of has he learned his lesson. He buzzed him in the first or second round pretty quickly. It was a straight right hand down the side, straight right hand down the pipe. And you seen Ruiz feel it. As soon as the cut come, he was buzzed off that, off that punch that caused the cut. And AJ just stood back, looked at him, and just shut and just nodded his head. At that moment, right then, I knew I, I had no longer no fears or concerns of how this fight was going to go. In my mind, in that point, it was won because on June the 1st, had AJ caught Ruiz with that right hand and cut him the way he did and shook him up, he'd have leaped and jumped on him. And he would have done that because that's all he knows at that stage in his career. He's a fighter who's learned from his mistakes, has not repeated them, and has come back. And I just give him so much credit. I'm so happy for him. You know, I've known him a long time through them squads, uh, Carl and stuff like that, Spartan McCarby and GB and stuff. And he, he is genuinely, people always ask me, what's he like? He genuinely is the person you see on TV. He's the most genuine, nicest person you could meet. A heart of gold. And without him, me personally, as a fighter who's been in an era before him and been in an era at, while he's here, I understand what he's done for those fighters and what I've been able to earn and what I've been able to command. And he is a massive part of that. He is the biggest part of that. You know, so I'm very grateful, very thankful I've been around when he's been around. And, I, and I'll always support him. But more importantly, every other British fighter should be supporting him. And I don't want to hear any nonsense of, Oh, you know, you take a wee like Andy Ruiz as well. If it wasn't for Anthony Joshua, mate, British boxing wouldn't be mainstream right now the way it is. Because when was the last time you seen BMW signs at a boxing event? When was the last time you seen 
a global boxing event in the desert in Saudi Arabia. Just understand where we're at right now. And just understand who's got us here. It's Anthony Joshua. So I just think I'm so happy for him, so pleased. And it's uh, it's brilliant, you know. And, you know, look at the coverage you guys are doing. We're in Saudi Arabia. Just shake your head and have a think about where we're at. You know, I never thought in a million years we'd be in the desert talking about the unified heavyweight championship of the world, but we are. And, and he's opened up boxing to a whole other country, you know, a whole other part of the world where who knows what it couldn't do here. Because there'll be kids who have seen him perform the way he did last night. There'll have been families, parents. He's inspiring and he's inspired another nation by what he's done last night. It's amazing. Well, well, as if by magic, speaking of the potential growth of boxing as a, as a kind of global sport of, of breaking new boundaries and going to new places in terms of the coverage and just what a, a big operation this was logistically. And we'll be hoping to get a, a quick word with some of the other Sky team too who were working behind the scenes. Uh, Adam Smith had a boxing uh, commentator who just sidled in uh, next to us. Just give us an overview of the, of the week, of the whole thing really, Adam, because... Saudi Arabia kind of came up on the rail late on to, to streak into the lead and, and, and get this fight. And you've been here for a week at least, and almost 10 days actually. And you've been here a couple of times in the build-up too. I mean, what, what has it been like? It's been an incredible experience, uh, Andy, to be honest. You know, we've covered boxing on Sky for almost 30 years and we've been all around the world in different venues with huge fights and nights and... Uh, you know, different challenges to deal with. But I think, you know, this possibly was the, the biggest ever. Um, we've taken a team of almost 150 over to host broadcast an event uh, in Saudi Arabia, which uh, obviously, as we know, has had, um, you know, controversy around it in the past and, and still, you know, goes through with that. And, and we've, had, um, we've had to deal with a number of challenges internally and uh, externally as well. But what we found is on the visits here, it's uh, been a... Um, a very hospitable um, country that we've been treated, you know, remarkably well. The uh, the women uh, that I was worried about on my team, you know, and they were worried and had concerns beforehand. And we've got some uh, terrific women who have some seriously important roles in our operation. Um, they've been made to feel extremely welcome. They uh, they've come over, and uh, I'm sure they'll go back and report good things. So. It's been, from that point of view, it's been a, a, a real eye-opener. Um, I expected the fight to happen in Cardiff. And um, when Eddie told me that um, Saudi had put in a huge bid and he wasn't sure whether the money was going to land, you know, there was a, a couple of days there that we weren't sure what was happening. And then when it was announced, it, it happened so quickly. You know, we were, we were very fast onto the global tour. We came here, went to New York, came back to London, and uh, it was all go. And I've got to take my hats off to the incredible team that do everything really I mean you know we we come in as you know you've got Tony and Carl and Spencer and, and yourself and we often come in and uh, we do the, the the talent side the commentary the, the the punditry and as hard as we all work the people behind the scenes are, are just phenomenal um, we've had a, a the head of operations here for a number of times all, all his team from Sky Sports as well but from everyone from the engineers to the cameramen to the the, the juniors to the assistant producers to the uh, sound men. It's been a, a phenomenal team operation uh, on the ground here in Saudi. I think everybody's adapted. Everybody's uh, been 
part of a team. It's been a team operation. Um, no stars. There's been absolutely everybody has mucked in. And I think it's been fantastic. You know, the Sky Sports News team have been extraordinary. They got here. Um, Andy Scott as well, uh, our reporter with um, Scott Drummond, who's um, you know one of our long-term cameramen. You know, they, they've been here a long, long time. And uh, the work they've put in and, and, and then as people have come in through the week, it's been a a phenomenal sort of whole operation uh, from start to finish. You know, there's a, there was a, a, a safety and a, and a, and a health, obviously, uh, issues, you know, make sure that everyone is, is fine on the ground. And that's, that's been brilliant. And we've had really good support on that front. So, yeah, from behind the scenes operation point of view, it couldn't have gone any better. And, of course, on the night itself, um, Anthony Joshua was um, supreme. He boxed a, a beautiful fight um, under enormous amounts of pressure and everything that he'd worked on in the gym over those few months he got it absolutely right uh, on the night it was a boxing masterclass. it was a, uh, a proof that he's uh, come of age he's matured into uh, making a, a, a quite fantastic performance um, painting a picture last night I thought against a, a dangerous Andy Ruiz Jr who did disappoint who was overweight who hadn't trained hard enough but take nothing away from uh, from AJ becoming a two-time heavyweight champion and uh, putting another massive injection into British boxing. You know, he's basically carried British boxing since 2012, you know, on his shoulders. So many people have come through on the back of him. We've had so much success. We've seen Carl Froch and George Groves at Wembley. We've seen Tyson Fury come in and win a, a, a world heavyweight title out in Germany and look what he's done. But, you know, underneath that, you've got the likes of Josh Warrington and... and um, uh, Josh Taylor come through this year with that win over Regis Progray, Callum Smith. You've got, you know, the likes of Boatsy and Kelly and all that. The women's boxing's absolutely flying with you know, Katie Taylor from Ireland and obviously huge amounts in Britain, Nicola Adams and, and uh, Savannah Marshall and, you know, everyone that's come through here. And I, I just think it's a, a terrific time for boxing. And I think AJ needed a performance like that to, uh, to really give everybody another big boost. There were a lot of question marks whether he could do it. And he silenced those critics, and it was possibly the best performance of his career so far. So, Spence, in terms of you, you've been working at Sky Boxing for a long time as well, and you've been to all sorts of fights. When we were wondering about yesterday, we were wondering about the arena, uh, and when we went to the press conferences and the open workouts, and the way you're just on the grass outside there too, these are all kind of unusual locations, and you like to get off the beaten track and have a, have a good look around, and that's what you've been doing during the course of during the course of the week. I mean, this has been something really different, hasn't it? But yes. fun, but fun. If, you, if you're an inquisitive, curious kind of person, this has been fun. Listen, Andy, we didn't know what to expect when we come here, and um, yeah, it has been really, really unique. I've got, can I just say, just before we continue this this chat, because Cole Frost sitting next to me has been whispering in my ear about a couple of things. I just wanted to remind people that he was the catalyst of pay-per-view boxing. He brought it back. I knew, um, I knew he, that's and, what and he was he also saying. Said, he also said that AJ is... Uh, Adam Smith also... stadium fights. Aiden, <laughs> And I've also said that AJ um, has carried boxing since 2012. And Cole Froch quickly reminded me in 2014 he flattened George Groves at Wembley Stadium. There's another one. I, I thought we just may as well get in. I just anyway, I wanted to I clear that George up. Anyway, back, to, back to back to Saudi. Flattens a bit um, strong. <laughs> but, but, so back to Saudi. He's really predictable. You know, like and, and, he's and really also, predictable. Froch. You know, I, I knew that's what he was saying. I mention, he leant over, and I knew that's what he was talking also, about. Also, did I mention that he wants to have a word with Eddie Earn about certain things about being the catalyst? <laughs> no, but. Where's his drink? <laughs> <laughs> jokes aside, jokes aside, 
Jokes aside, Adam just said that AJ's carried the, the, the weight of boxes on his shoulder since 2012. Now, obviously, he's referring to the Olympic gold medal, and it has been, it has been a bit of a burden for him to carry, but... Spencer mentioned there, and we had a bit of a laugh and a joke about it, but it was 2014 when the stadium fight made history with me and Groves, and we'll laugh and joke about 80,000 fans. But that, that indeed was the catalyst for moving on no, it from was, that. It was, it was. Definitely. For boxing to be come back into the big time. And um, oh, Eddie Hearns done he a fantastic job. We had to mention him. I think Eddie should have mentioned it on his speech the other day where the press <laughs> was present, <laughs> yeah, we, to we, be fair. We got invited to a gala on Thursday. I the evils. Matt, what Matt, me, we, mate? What me? Matt, we was invited to a gala on Thursday by the Prince and Eddie... The Prince got up and gave a speech about boxing and etc. And Eddie, Eddie then got up and gave this speech. He was looking at Cole Frotch as he was speaking. He was talking about how AJ's transformed the, the sport of boxing. And Cole quickly jumped on. I need to have a word with Eddie and let him know that I was actually the catalyst and I did we bring it back. Mention, didn't he we? said, and he was quite upset that he wasn't mentioned in front of the Prince. And have you had that word with him yet? Yeah, we've had a chat. It's all good, mate. <laughs> we've, we've squared things up. But no, joke, jokes aside, serious business. He's over there, Eddie, doing Back to AJ. We'll try and drag him in at some yeah, point. Yeah, we'll get him in in a minute. Back to AJ. He did what he had to do, and he did it in a fantastic manner. And um, we're all so happy. And we shouldn't be grateful, because it, it is what it is. You know, AJ does his job. He gets paid well for what he does, and he enjoys the sport. But we're all part of the, the journey with him. You know, everybody benefits from AJ doing what he does. And Tony Bellew pointed it out. It, t- it takes boxing to the le- next level. It keeps bo- boxing current, and it gives other kids coming through a massive opportunity to keep to to, to make something themselves in the sport, but fundamentally keeping our sport alive. And um, we're all so proud of him. I mean, it, like you say, it, he's the top of the tree, but it all spills down, doesn't it? Everyone benefits, as you said, Tony. Definitely. And I just say. While we were all laughing and joking, then Carl is laughing because people have the wrong interpretation of Carl. I'm sick of people stopping me on the street all the time. He's laughing and joking when he says it, so please don't yeah, jump absolutely. on this. It's a joke, and he's laughing and joking, okay? So don't jump at Carl Flotch. If you'd actually got to know Carl, as well as I've known him for the last, what, decade, then you'd know he's... A, a good fella diamond and he's got a great sense of humour he just doesn't laugh enough when he says the things he says because I'm doing the laughing for him well a few more of the Sky team have just uh, gone outside for a photo but we'll get a few of them back in we'll get Sarah back in who's our who's our director uh, we'll get Anna Anna Warhouse back over and uh, Jenny as well maybe J- Jenny is basically the kind of Lara Croft of, of logistics at Sky and this has been a this has been a big, big operation. But back to my original question, Spencer, just quick, because I think you need to get off. Um, it, from the point of view of what have you discovered about this place from behind the scenes? You know, you've been with on the on sure. the on the on the grind, really, with Fraser Dainty from Sky Sports News all week. Yeah, we've been on the ground really since we got here Sunday night, not knowing what to expect, and we've we've been pleasantly surprised. We've been greeted well. Um, yeah, the hospitality's been great. Um, the event was amazing. They they went all out on that, and um, yeah, it was overall experience was was something yeah quite unique and quite special really enjoyed it and like i say aj with all that pressure on his shoulders produced the goods he proved that you know he belongs up there and he will belong up there with the heavyweight greats and i said that as he when he turned professional after the olympics i mentioned i said this guy will be mentioned with the likes of lennox lewis riddick bow mike tyson I said, these names will be up there and now he's well on his way to that i think what he's done there he took a massive step towards greatness doing that and I think that you know he's got the big fights next year that could possibly happen I think they're talking about Pulev and you know there's 
Wilder's still out there and there's Fury still out there. And if we, we get those fights made, you know, we could be, it could be something quite special. But AJ, for me, is just, uh, yeah, he's cemented his place in history. And I'm so pleased, mate, uh, because we was all unsure. And even, you know, we, we, we all had our doubts. And as the week was unfolding, the twists and turns, it was... You know, there was even speculation that, that Ruiz Jr. had weights in his pockets. That's why he come in so heavy. There was loads of stuff going on. There was loads of mind games going on. And um, we didn't know what to expect. Nor did AJ, but he produced the goods. And, yeah, fair play to him. Okay, Sarah's just joined us. Sarah, if you just grab one of these microphones here. We're all having to share at the minute because there's far too many of us and not enough microphones. So I'll just introduce Sarah. Sarah, you won't know her name, but you will know her work because she... Every shot of boxing, everything that you've seen on your screen over the last good number of years has been her work because she is the main director uh, at Sky Boxing. So how was, how was this week? How, how, how's it all been for you? Because it's a big thing bringing everybody out to a, to a different country. It, it's, a, it's a big enough deal when it's a massive outside broadcast from, from Wembley or, or, or anywhere really of a, of a show of this scale when, you, when you're familiar with your surroundings. And this is not... One thing this has not been is familiar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I would describe it as mildly terrifying, um, but absolutely amazing as well. Uh, we've been, we came out a couple of times beforehand to try and plan it. A lot of people have put a lot of effort in. And uh, yeah, it's nothing like Wembley had its challenges, especially when we had to do it overnight before. Um, but this has been something very different um, with lots of challenges all the way through. Any, any hairy moments? Um, quite a few, I'd say, um, quite a few along the way. We had um, issues because we were bringing pyrotechnics out, which was uh, interesting. And then Friday probably brought our first big challenge when uh, Mike Goodall couldn't get back in to the arena after the weigh-in to put the ring in. Um, so we have a lot of people working till really late at night to make sure that all the lights are focused. Um, there are so many moving lights and things around the ring and all of our special effects but he couldn't get back in to put the boards on the ring, so we had to try and find some boards from somewhere, put them on. That was a little bit worrying. It kind of lost us about four or five hours. Um, so we had to do that. And then we had a lot of sponsors and a lot of people change the content for all the LED legs, which is something we've never done before. So we had a team of people there probably till about four o'clock in the morning on Saturday, um, all had, who had to be back in again the next day. And then on Saturday, we were not allowed in for a little while because of just, you know, general, general security measures and checking out stuff. So we got in probably two and a half hours later than we needed to on Saturday, um, which put us quite far behind. But uh, luckily, we've got a team of amazing people who just pulled it all out of the bag and, uh, and managed to make it work all right. So I don't know how much I could say about this. We can always edit this. We generally don't, but um, I mean, I'm quite keen to get out of the country and quite keen to be allowed back in. <laughs> but we, we did hear in the build-up that, that it's don't always... Don't go there then, don't go there. This, this I will say as I edit, definitely. This, this is Macklin's take, and we, 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 we fear no subject, Matthew, as you well know. <laughs> Matt, Matt looks a little <laughs> bit worried, if you could see him at the moment. I'm nearly as red as this mic. Matt, Matt, Matt regularly looks a little bit worried. Um, we did think there might be some issues with royalty shall we say because yes. they they they're in charge and what Absolutely. they want has to has to happen um but i think from that point of view i think it was okay in yeah. terms of in terms of being free to do what you needed to do absolutely i would say my my impression before i came was that it'd be a lot harder than it ended up being 
Um, I think they were very supportive, to be fair, really supportive. Um, when we needed things sorted, they were kind of there. Um, it was quite amazing to see how important they all are and their word is absolute final. So if we needed anything done, if it came from the people on high, it was sorted. So they were, they were very helpful and, and, and supportive in that way. I mean, you know, everyone laughed when they said we were going to bring pyrotechnics in and we were going to bring all our own lighting people in and things like that. But they were, they were great. They were kind of like, what, what do you need? What do you want? We'll do it. And they did. Adam, a quick one to you. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of heavyweight boxing this year. We've been commentating with ringside. We've done a couple of wilder fights. We've seen him against Brazil. We've seen him look against Ortiz. Last six rounds, turns it around devastating fashion. With that performance with Joshua now, does the conversation reopen? Is it revisited? What about the wilder AJ fight and Fury in the mix? And surely they're the questions now that are going to come about. Of course it does. I mean, to become a two-time heavyweight champion with the sort of masterclass that AJ put on last night is a, a phenomenal achievement with all that pressure uh, on his shoulders. But, um, you know, the, the debate always rages on, doesn't it, about who is the best heavyweight in the world and always will, I think, when there are different governing bodies and, and different promoters and these guys at the moment, you know, you've obviously Andy Ruiz shocked everybody in June, but Anthony Joshua still had to be uh, seen as one of the best heavyweights in the world. Tyson Fury, I've gone on record a number of times saying that I think he beat Deontay Wilder and for me, he probably holds that position at the moment. But, you know, there's, as you said, we were in the uh, in Vegas a couple of weeks ago and we saw um, a brilliant knockout from Deontay Wilder, despite the fact he'd lost the first six rounds against Luis Ortiz. Wilder will believe he's the best heavyweight in the world. Fury will believe he will win the rematch, can he, uh, in February. And now does Anthony Joshua, uh, having regained the other belts, become the number one or is he one, two or three? I think we need those fights to happen, Matt. I think that um, I'd like to see Anthony Joshua go back to, uh, to London and, and have a homecoming in the spring or summer. Um, maybe take one of his mandatories like Kubrat Pulev, maybe fight someone like Dillian White, which I think will be a terrific you know, rematch as well after all their, uh, their beef down the years and, and the fact that Dillian's gone on to, to really good performances and now uh, can get on with his career as well, which I think is really important. But, you know, we wait and see what happens with Fury and Wilder, you know, set for February the 22nd. But, yeah, now you are seeing and hoping and looking forward to those fights again, the big fights with AJ Wilder and Fury. That mix to find out really is who is the number one. And I see Eddie Hearns joined us, so maybe we'll push him on that, Matt. Yeah, I was just going to say Eddie's joined us. And uh, I don't well, think... I don't know what Adam was talking about. I, I think we already know the number one I, is. I, I don't think I've ever seen... it last night. I don't think I've ever seen Eddie Hearn as hyped as he was <laughs> last night in that ring, man. He was on cloud nine. And it was like, after every round, like first round, was like, that was a good round. Did really well there, Josh. And then three rounds, that's three nil. Five, five nil. And I think he lost like the sixth or something like that. And then seven one, eight one. And I run over to you guys, I think, after the 10th round. You go, just want to make sure, like, he's winning every round, isn't he? And you guys are like, yeah. And uh, it was just a masterclass performance. Uh, probably a performance that you wouldn't expect from Anthony Joshua. Not just in terms of the style, but in terms of the ability to use his legs like that. Control the distance. And that's something, like I said, if you set him a task, he's a very regimental guy. And that's why he's been so successful. That's why he loves boxing. And when he puts his mind to something, he can actually execute it and make it happen but to use his feet like that in a way that he hasn't really used them before under that much pressure I think that's the key now it's not just that he turned up like if he had a box like that at Madison Square Garden on June 1st everyone would have gone great performance but oh we expected him to come in and it's, it's overcoming it mentally 
and putting in that performance. I think that's what was so impressive. And I, I won't say I doubted him, but I was just worried that can he can he switch on, and can he do this for twelve rounds? That's what in the third and fourth round that was my worry. Can he really do this for twelve rounds? Because he'd sting him, and you see his face like as if to go, oh, I want to jump on him, and then Rob and I was like, no. He had to show a lot jab. of self-control, yeah, yeah, a lot of strain, yeah. a lot of discipline to stick to the tactics and box to instructions. I thought, it, as you just said, an impressive performance. Not just the boxing performance, but how he overcame all the psychological demons. Matt, I think arguably the most impressive performance of his entire career. Mm. When you factor in exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. when you factor in the pressure. pressure and all of that. And, and I can see why Eddie believes now he's straight back at number one. But he did have the loss in, in, in the garden in June. You know, there are still questions to be answered against Fury and Wilder, and those fights just need to happen. The thing is, though, Adam, you, there's no resume even close to Anthony Joshua's. I agree like, with you. Like, if you look at Wilder, beaten. Wilder has beaten Luis Ortiz and basically lost to Tyson Fury, right? That's it. He has no other relevant victories on his record, not one, right? If you look at Tyson Fury, on paper, he beat Vladimir Klitschko on points and he drew with... with um, Wilder. But we all know he really beat Okay, Wilder. yeah, but t- tell me another fight. Impressive victory on his resume. No, listen, I, I don't, I, it's I, still an argument, isn't it, Eddie? No, it's an argument, it is, it's an it argument is, until you, Joshua fights. I feel like it. no one's looking at Joshua after 24 fights. Break it down. Like I've done it a million times in interviews and actually looking at it on paper and going, the run. Like There hasn't been a Tom Schwartz. There hasn't been an Otto no. Wilding. Do you know what I mean? There no, hasn't agreed, been, agreed. The there run hasn't has been, been a Bromaine Stavern. There hasn't been the gimmies. Yeah, they've all been proper competitive fights. There's been a run and it's been excellent. There were a lot of questions asked about him after what happened in New York. He answered a huge amount last night. Well, he answered all of them, I think. I mean, you know. He still has to get in the ring with Wilder. Yeah, of course he does. He needs that for his own legacy, you know. Um, Rob Sorry, Anna. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to the party. (laughs) All right. Um, Rob McCracken came over to us um, just before... um, we all came back after after the fight and he just said um, Anthony was prepared for this one mm. he didn't feel like he was prepared for New York but he was ready ready for this for this fight and that was the difference mentally like you just said he put the demons to bed and he mm. was in the right place and that was a huge difference from last oh, night look, he, there, was, there was no doubt his mental preparation was always going to be spot on I mean he, he, the last time in New York his focus was not on Andy Ruiz it, you know there was he, I mean, he, was, he said to me last night that after the fight, he said, "You was know, was he emotional I, last night afterwards?" Yeah, he was in the ring. Like he said, "No, it was just the energy." But like, he was uh, such a huge sense of relief, massive relief. And, like he's been sending me things this morning, like voice notes, where you can tell, like, it's not the kind of normal things he'd say, like on a <laughs> like on what? a Sunday morning. Like just, what? just like, like we did it, you know. Yeah. And he, he's very, like, he his way, he has so much class. So what he's done this morning is, I know he would have done it. He's voice noted all the people on his team to say, "Well done, you." Do you know what I mean? So, like, he came to me and said, I can't believe what you've done. You know, you put this on. We've done it again and again. We've changed boxing, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you do. It's like, I went back and said, no, mate, you did it. <laughs> you went in the ring. You're the only one. But he would have done it to Rob. He would have done it to Freddie. He would have done it. And that, that's the... But he said to me last night, he went, you know, in New York, he went, you know, when I gave Andy Reeves the belts, he goes, I was just, I was just tired of, of it, of it. Do you know what I mean? Not even like, just... He looked a bit numb. Yeah, I just think he lost all emotion for the yeah. sport because it was like, he got a load of criticism about... emotions a bit with this. Yeah, but I think he got the criticism for not fighting Wilder, which really wasn't his fault at all. You know, I don't believe they wanted the fight, but still, the promotions, us and PBC and the egos, and it's not AJ's fault. It's, 
you know, we're trying to make the fight, but it don't happen. And he got a lot of stick off that. And I think in the end, he's fighting Ruiz and he gets stick for Ruiz. And he's like, I just can't win. Like, I just don't even really want to do this anymore. And then he lost and he's like, do you know what? I, I, I really want this back. I know this isn't a simple answer before I ask the question, but what about the world of fight now? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a must. Now? It's always been a must. Now, we said before, I said, this was, I said, we may never get the chance to make it for an undisputed title if we don't do it now. This was after Povetkin. And they ignored us. They just ignored us. And it may, when it happens, it may not be an undisputed fight because we have to see what happens with the belts. But it's not the end of the world. It's just a monstrous fight. But he has to fight the winner of Wilder Fury. Like, it's just... And he, he, he will not be happy till he does because he wants to test himself. What, what are the biggest hurdles in making that happen? Just in your really um, Wilder's delusion, I think, really. You know, I mean, but Wilder's gone from making two or three million to making 15 million because of the swing of the market. You know, and the entry of DAZN, where DAZN came in, offered him a huge deal and Heyman had to stand up and match it. Like, he's not worth that. He just sold six or 7,000 tickets for his last fight. He did about 100,000 pay-per-view buys. This is not stuff that fans want to hear, but I'm just telling you the reality of the situation. So Joshua has been and will always be the big star. But when we were negotiating well, does before... Does it not make the two of them to make the fight? Yeah, yeah, no, but when we were negotiating before, Matt, he didn't deserve 30%, in my opinion. After him, 60-40. He should have bit our absolute hand off for that. Now, you, have to, you do have to look at a 50-50. Because he is, although he's nowhere That's near the draw, take, yeah, it, will. The and it's the same with Fury. You know, Fury wins. Fury would never take anything less than 50-50. He wouldn't take less than Arthur Fury 60-40. He said no. He didn't even have a belt. This was pre-Wilder. No, I know my value. I'm 50-50 or nothing. I'm like, you're not on this, but that's just what you're dealing with. And in the end, you either have to go, okay, or walk away. And last time, we walked away. Next time. Next time we may have to do it. And there'll become a point in AJ's career when he'll say, all right, it's the wrong deal, but I want the fight. And the fans want the fight, and I'm going to make the fight. And it's a brilliant fight, blimey. I mean, God, blimey. I mean, anything could happen in that fight. If last night was exciting, imagine Joshua Wilder. So, so last night you said how blown away mm. everyone was with the fight being here. They want more big time boxing here. You know, the boxing fans won't want to hear this, but mm. could that fight end up here? Of course, of course. They can do anything they want here. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, last night, Canelo was here, Khabib Furin, Pacquiao's in. They all want to fight here, you know. And I think what, what they showed last night was the atmosphere was great. You know, there's a lot of people waiting to go, oh, it was empty seats. Oh, there was no atmosphere. You know, like... We had rain, Eddie. I know. I heard I know. Darren Barker said to me when we were walking back last night, he said that it hasn't rained on a Saturday in seven years. Really, in Saudi? Seven yeah, years. I know, I know. Of all I was the just, nights. I haven't seen a cloud in the sky all week. And I, I was know. walking, I got there last night and then I've turned up and they're like, just to you let you know. You were on the right side of the ring though. You were dry. Yeah, was, we were warm. on the commentary yeah, yeah. side and the rain was blowing in at one point. <laughs> I was crouched down ringside with my coat over my head oh. trying to protect the barnet. But it's it almost really like that's part of the madness. Yeah, 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 uh, what are we even doing in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. It was the biggest canopy I've ever seen. I still got soaked down the back. for that, thank God. But I just, like last night, afterwards, you know, they were coming up to us saying, you have to understand, I think you've just changed things forever for sport in Saudi Arabia. And it's like, oh, you know, and I, we got so much stick for coming here. And look, no country's perfect. And I'm, of course they've got their problems. But you can only ever take it on face value. And I don't believe there's one person that's come on this trip or a fan or anything that could genuinely say anything. On, you know, I hope, Anna, you've enjoyed your experience. I know that 
some people do you know what? were, 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 it's were been, in a bit been, of a bubble. It's been you know different. I mean? like, it has yeah. been a really different experience this yeah. week. Sometimes it's been, I think it's fair to say, a little bit testing because we're just not used to that no. environment. But last night as an event, yeah. you, you can't no. rumble at all. But it even was like the brilliant. things... You know, like the no alcohols, quite a strange thing. Where I've quite I'm not, enjoyed the detox. Yeah, same here. But I've actually, Suits I've me. lost about half a stone. <laughs> I'm about to say, but, but, but you've I, lost yeah, but I think, I think um, you take <laughs> it for right, granted, Matt, you don't, don't you? Really, sometimes. No, Matt, you don't drink anyway. But I don't really drink that much. But I quite like a beer. You know, after a workout or you go for dinner or. But you a know glass what? When you can't wine. have it, you want one even more. Yeah, I know. We were all walking Especially when you try going, oh, a non-alcoholic a one, lovely. like I had a Holston non-alcoholic lager. Oh my god, that puts you off for life. But I must say, <laughs> after AJ's win last night, I went back to the change room. I was like, oh, is it on? oh no, you know. It's just, <laughs> so, and I think you sometimes forget that the truth is, the atmospheres in the UK are generally built out of a night out. People going out, having a couple of pints. And having a laugh, but last Sweet night Caroline showed, wasn't yeah, just exactly. the same, was it? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, I was listening to it in the in the change. I was like, buh, 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 you know. So, but is it? Is you? It's can, been the first you, event, the first pay per view we've done that I can actually hear. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, lovely. So, yeah, I could yeah. hear the whole gallery because yeah. I have lots of people talking to me in my ear. And normally it's so loud, yeah. the crowd are so but loud, that, that they're singing, and I can't hear The British public have made that though. Like they're they're the envy of the world because when I'm in America. They're just like, oh, you British fans are unbelievable. And we can't just look. I, I said before, this sport is so dangerous. The fighters need to make as much money as they can. But we also got to understand that our core market is the UK. And that win last night was so big for the UK because AJ is British boxing. You know, people don't realise. Yeah, can, yeah. I, can I ask, if you are going to come back here, um, what, what, what things would you change, do you think, to make it even better? Um, Maybe like accessibility for, for British fans. Like I feel like how many of them were there? There's there four thousand Brits, but that right. doesn't mean they all come from the UK. So many from Dubai, Bahrain, expats. You I know, met Abu a few Dhabi. at the way, and that were working so re- out here. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon there was probably two thousand flew from the UK or a bit more, and the rest. Which is a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think we didn't control the tickets, and we didn't control the visa situation. And I think next time. I think I there needs up, to be maybe. a little bit more clarity and, and understanding about how it's all done. And, but it was a learning experience for everyone, like yeah, especially definitely. then. I mean, you know. Um, and I've eaten enough the, hummus and Lebanese know, yeah. bread to but, last but, me a lifetime. But you know week. what as well? The British fans <laughs> are so educated and they're so demanding that it's like... They're spoiled, but really. You know, they're spoiled yeah, but you know what? They were going to me last night. Uh, what was the fight? Uh, oh, I might think it was Dillian White against Marius Weck. Oh, they were going to me... This is unbelievable. I'm like, it's, it's actually a lot better than I thought it would be, but it's not really heavyweight fight of the year. Like, through seven rounds, again, oh, we've never seen anything like this. I'm going, cool. I like it over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't get any stick. So I actually uh, was going to say that last night, but um, when we came off your interview with yeah. Andy Scott, that this is probably the first time in an arena you've not been booed. I know, it's quite nice. Yeah, this is why you want to come back, yeah, it? was it? nice. Yeah, it was. People are coming up to me, but they... they and that's what I say about coming in when people say, Saudis, who will come up to you and say, can I just say thank you so much for coming to our country and bringing boxing here? Like, you know, everyone's got an ego and it does feel nice rather than just getting booed out of the arena for people to say thank you for your work and, you know, for coming in. So, listen, they're, they're, they couldn't be happier and they want to know what's the next steps? How do we keep progressing? And that progression comes not just from bringing mega fights to the region, 
but an investment into grassroots to actually try and grow the sport. They're talking about boxing in schools, amateur boxing clubs being set up, trying to put a system in place to actually improve fighters and grow professional fighters in Saudi as well. So that's as important as just bringing the mega fights here. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. A look back to Saudi at the start of December and that win for Anthony Joshua. It was definitely one of those weeks that that goes in the scrapbook, really, as one you won't forget because of the the size of the fight, but also the fact that it was a new destination uh, and just everything about it really was was pretty unfamiliar. But when the action got going in the ring, that was really what counted uh, and Anthony Joshua managed to get the win. Will we end up back there over the course of the next year, couple of the years, whenever boxing gets back going again in earnest? I'd say we probably will be. So that's another lockdown bonus episode for you. We will be back with a regular episode on Tuesday. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.